Just because I love you, it don't mean I trust you. Everybody not to be trusted. Everybody around me thugging. Everybody around me drugging. Everybody around me hustling. Everybody know not to bring no new in around me. They say I be bugging. Got racks in the go yard luggage. Just because I love you, it don't mean I trust you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Quentin Flores. I'm your host. Everybody around me bustin'. Quentin. Yeah, that, that's me. This is Uncut with Q, is what I meant to say. All good, guys, man. If this is your first time listening, we have what's called the value exchange fee. What that is, is if I give you perspective, if you go and you become a fucking better person because of this episode mm-hmm. and, and you get some type of value from this podcast, you share the fucking show. If you don't get that kind of value, then we'll just continuously try until, you know, you you like it or something. I don't know. That's just how we operate, man. But guys, today is awesome. I have a really special guest with me today. Introduce yourself to the world, man. Well, my name's Ashley Carey. I met you from like getting onto social media and just loving your following and everything that you put out there. And it really resonated with me because my husband and I, we've been in real estate for about five, six years. And just everything that you post was just something that inspired me. And I mean, I'm, I'm here to talk a little bit about real estate and whatever else comes up. But <laughs> I mean, I hope I can inspire just like what you just said, because like... That's what life's about. Dude, there is not a lot of fucking badass alpha women in this business, dude. (laughs) I promise you. Like, I, you know, like being in the industry, one of the things that I've noticed is that we're typically in a male dominant Mm -hmm. real estate industry. Like, that's just what it is. And so I really love it when I see ladies come out the woodwork, like Mm -hmm. getting what's theirs, showing other ladies that this business is possible Mm -hmm. for them. Because there's like this stigma around this business model. Yeah. And it's just like completely a bunch of alpha or wannabe alpha males with a false egotistical personality that like they can do better than women. And I can't stand that. So when I see chicks like you coming into the business and you're breaking that stigmatism that these dudes have in their mind, oh, they hating y'all. I promise (laughs) you. Right. But it's great to see this. Well, thank you. I mean, I was thinking that last night, actually, on the stage. I went to the RIA here in San Antonio and Quentin was speaking at it and it was all dudes up there. And I was like, man, maybe one day I could be a chick that's up there on that stage. And I think that that's totally possible. Absolutely. In every single way, we're going to be building up to that. That's Mm -hmm. the goal. Mm -hmm. Because I know you've done amazing things. You and your husband, y'all have a huge real estate portfolio. You've been doing real estate for the last few years. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy to see what you guys have been able to build for yourself. Mm -hmm. But for the people that have no clue about who you are, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where where did you start in all of this? Like go back in time if you want. Okay, so about six years ago, um, I was dating my then boyfriend, now my husband, um, and uh, we were pregnant with our first kid. We did did things a little bit backwards. We didn't get married first, we had a kid first. And we knew that we wanted to do something more than just the nine to five, and he hated what he was doing. And so we actually started going to our local real estate investing groups. We live in St. Louis, so that's where we were at. And, um, so we went to a couple and there was one that was called life and air. And I had always like read the book, the secret, and it had always been about like, how do I manifest the things that I want? So when you know, that book is actually shunned in the self-help like you category, know what? whatever. I believe in the law of attraction and manifesting things. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. put yourself out there, you you know, you'll get what you put out there. Of course. And so we finally go to this RIA and it's called life and air. And it's all about building the life of your dreams, building basically your business around your life, not your life around your business. And that just really resonated with beautiful. us. Yeah. And there was a panel there one night and they were talking about how you can get into real estate with no money. And we were like, we ain't got shit. We have no money. We don't know how the heck we're going to get into this. We, we don't even know how to flip a house, how to value anything, whatever. So there was that panel that was speaking. 
we wanted to talk to this one guy who was talking about lease options and we just really liked his message. And at the end of that event, it just, we couldn't find him. And we were like, damn, man, that was the one person we wanted to talk to, right? So like maybe it was a month later or something like that. I had always been in a company called Young Living. It's an MLM and I have a downline and whatever. And I I love those essential oils. Yeah, you did with- I uh, did Amway. Amway, that's right. That's honestly terrible. I I Um, learned a lot about business though. Yeah, I've learned a lot too from it, but I'm kind of burnt out on it. I used to do classes and teach about the oils and I still use the oils. We still do all that stuff. I still use the laundry detergent. Let's go. Yeah, whatever, right? I like some of the products. But so at that point in time, I I didn't know if I wanted to really pursue that. So we went to an event and guess who was there? Who? That guy that spoke at the panel. Oh, wow. And so we were like, what? So we started talking to him there and his wife and they were like, yeah, we're offering coaching services. So we were like, okay. So we went out to eat and I was pregnant with Edmund um, six years ago. And we actually met at a Red Lobster and we just decided like, you know what? I want you to show us how to do lease options, how to do subject twos, how to wholesale. And so we paid them some money and they showed us their contracts. They gave us everything. And we just started from there. I mean, we, that was, we put that money on a credit card and we were like, Oh my God, $6,000 in credit card debt. It was a big deal to us. You know, we're like, how are we going to do this? Right. And so they told us like, you can write handwritten letters uh, to sellers. And we're like, well, how do we find sellers? And so they're like, try to find a realtor. And we had a friend that was a realtor and he, started an auto email campaign to us that was expired listings. And so it was listings. Yeah. And so what we did was me and Doug, we sat there, we put the list in Excel. I'm an Excel person. I like to have everything organized. And um, we just started handwriting out letters and just put it into the envelope handwritten. And lo and behold, we get one person that calls us, maybe two, maybe three. And from that, we start you know, building a rapport. We had our coaches help us with the initial phone calls and we had scripts that we would follow. And from that, we got our first deal. And um, it ended up being a wholesale deal that we sold to my husband's mom. <laughs> and Let's hey, we made, we made a quick five brand and we were like, we can do this, you know? And so then we started putting out bandit signs. We would knock on people's doors. We would drive for dollars. I mean, we were like anything and everything that we saw on YouTube that we could learn. We were like, let's do this. I got to ask too, Ashley, what was the time frame from starting with Life and Air all the way to closing your first deal? How long did that take? Three to four months, probably. That's crazy. You yeah. know how long it took me to close my first real estate deal? How long? A year and eight months. Dude. Are you serious? Yeah. It's Damn, like a year Q. and six, a year and eight months. Dang. But you know, the, the information, mm-hmm. I wasn't around the right people. Yeah. The information was available, yeah. but I also was in a dark place at the time. Mm-hmm. You see, when you're, when you're trying to survive, it's mm-hmm. different because like, it's hard to be receptive to good people in your life when you've been drained so much from so many negative 100%. people taking from you yes. at all the times. Yes. I mean, bro, negative relationships, negative people, negative situations, everything in my life that had led up to me finally getting into real estate mm-hmm. was just a giant compilation of just fuck up after fuck up and bad thing happening after bad thing mm-hmm. happening. And so for a long time, I had this mindset that things were just too good to be true. And I wasn't intentional when I started getting into real estate. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was just like, man, I got to figure this fucking shit out because I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of fucking not being able to afford the shit that I want for myself. Yep. Yep. And 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 I was tired of just no one believing that I could do it. Yes. You know, so yep. you have to take that not that belief system. Like some of you guys are listening and you're in that dark place. I've mm-hmm. been there. Believe me. So have I've I. been there a million fucking times. Mm-hmm. It, you can either choose to have that dark place make make you mm-hmm. and and or you can choose to have it break you. 
Because if you choose to have that dark place break you, you will do nothing but fall deeper into that dark place. That is so true. And I think life is kind of a culmination of those types of events. You're going to hit your highs and you're going to go to your lows. And those lows are going to define who you are as a fighter. you got to have that grit to keep on going. And that's where it's at. That is where it's at. That's where you get defined, really. Because once you start getting comfortable with those highs, something, some shit's going to happen inevitably. And you're going to go back down a little bit. And you'll be like, damn, this is... I had to experience this. I needed to learn from that down, you know? I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's perspective, too. It, everything in life is perspective. And, you know, one thing that my mom taught me, I mean, she's taught me a lot of things. She's always been a business owner, had her own stuff going on, always an entrepreneur. Anytime that I was feeling down, she would always tell me, reach for a better thought. If you can reach for a better thought and find something that you can hold on to, latch on to that and focus on that for your day instead of that negativity that's going on, you're going to do so much better throughout that day. And, and that's just, has always stuck with me, and I thank her for that because she's always been excellent at that. Even in like the shittiest of times, my mom finds a way to be more positive. So I love so that. So she was an inspiration. When you guys um, closed y'all's first deal, mm-hmm. now we're like, I mean, where, where, what direction did you decide to take it? Because you did the wholesale deal, but you were yeah. learning lease option, right? Yes. So, um, gosh, man, I can't remember where the the second one came from that we did a lease option. God, where was that from? Maybe a bandit sign. I can't remember where that one came from. But it was a little house in I the city. Ask, you were what? pregnant and doing all this? Oh my God. Yeah, I always did everything when I was pregnant. We I mean when we bought our house that we're living in now, I mean I was like eight and a half months pregnant and I was like mowing the backyard and stuff. Like I don't stop. I just keep on going. <laughs> I know. Doug was like, What are you doing? I'm like, the yard needs to be mowed. Um I mean I laid tile, like because I was like, Listen, I'm gonna have this baby and I need to have a bathroom with a tub and everything. And I was like laying the tile to make sure that when I had this baby I could give him a bath wow. so you know whenever you just need to get shit done you get done I think Honestly, that's that, that's crazy grit. <laughs> I couldn't imagine having a child in my stomach trying to get trying to do and lay tile oh man it was stupid I, there's all, pictures it, of me like big and just like putting it out yeah mm-hmm. so even when you guys were marketing for more real estate deals because you were yeah. like pregnant when you closed that deal three yes. months in right yep yeah you were still pregnant even after that yeah yeah I mean I'm trying to remember all the sequence of events but um yeah, I mean, we had I can't I can't quite remember all of it. It's like 6 years ago, but like that second one that we got, I think from a bandit sign, we ended up doing as a lease option. Didn't know what the heck we were doing. We actually, we kept that house for like 6 years. We just sold it a couple months ago, made a quick 20, 20 grand after we had been wow. cash flowing a couple hundred dollars every month on that. Uh, I realized once I was looking at the contract, I was like we used a subject to contract. We used a totally different contract instead of a lease option. But you know what? It worked, it. Out. it worked out. <laughs> the, the sellers didn't really know the difference. I mean, the verbiage is very similar in both of the contracts that we use. What market and so is it's this? Fine. This is St. Louis, Missouri. And how is that like market over there, just from your opinion? I mean, I think that it's a good market. I also think it's how you choose to view it. A lot of people will say that it's saturated. There's a lot of heavy hitters there, but we've always been able to find deals. I think that there's a superfluous amount of deals and that you just have to get out there and find them. I mean... Every, there's enough out there for everybody. You just have to get out there and go find it. Let me tell you about my experience in the St. Louis market. What? It's hilarious, all right? But I uh, put a property under contract in St. Louis. I thought it was a home run deal. I put okay. the deal under contract, $11,000. Okay. Right? It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,300-square-foot property. It's a beautiful home, two-car okay. garage and everything. It needed, like, no work, literally. And so I put it under contract, and I guess I ran my numbers correctly, incorrectly. Okay. But... Um, 
I tried selling that deal to like a hundred plus investors that I had found on the internet. And they weren't and having it? No one was gonna buy it. And okay. so I'm like, okay, what is the situation here? And my buddy's mm -hmm. like, this is why you gotta virtually drive for dollars. I said, what do you mean virtually drive for dollars? He said, go to fucking Google mm -hmm. and drive down the street and then you'll see why people aren't buying it. And so my friend Christina told me about it. Her mm -hmm. name's Christina. Okay. Uh, she's awesome. Christina Aguilera. She's sweetheart. Oh, I know Not, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. She's yeah. in St. Louis. She closed our first deal. She worked at a title company. She's one of my She was favorite, my title agent. <laughs> wow. She's one of my yeah. favorite ladies in yeah. the world, man. She's so she awesome. buys a crap ton of real mm -hmm. estate. Yeah. She's like, you look at the area. Just drive down the street on Google. Let me show you what I'm looking at. Yeah. So I started driving down the street, right? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, there's a crap ton of kids with their shirts off, flicking off the camera. Oh, with guns and, and, and on oh them and everything. Oh my God, what zip code do you remember? I don't remember, but I uh, my apparently from what Christina told me, it was the worst part in St. Louis. North like, County somewhere. More than likely, yeah. yeah. And so the ARV of that house was $11,000. $11, yeah. And I said, when the hell, I mean, dude, if, I, if somebody tell me to buy a bunch of real estate for this cheap, I'd buy it just to buy it and hold on to for it. For sure. Most people don't know this concept, but you don't wait to buy real estate, you buy real estate and then you wait. Mm -hmm. That is something that 100 fully understand yes. you know so i didn't go through with buying that property mm. and i couldn't wholesale it and Damn. that's my first experience in st louis so yeah. ever since then in my mind i'm just like this has just to like be a I'm terrible done. market no just well you know we found success in the hood i mean like literally two weeks ago i just wholesaled the house it was like super easy to wholesale like we put it under contract and doug's like no, we ain't dealing with this one. We're not going there. I don't want to drive there. I was like, listen, let's just see what we can do, you know? And so I actually had a buyer who bought the house that I was just telling you about that was a lease option that I made 20 grand on. She buys in that area. So I was like, hey, go check this house out. She went there, took all the pictures for me. And she was like, no, I'm not interested. So I, now I had all these pictures and I had it under contract and I just put it out there on Facebook and like I got a contract within like two days. Wow. I was like, people want to buy the houses in the hood, you they know? Do, they do. There's I mean, you could do section eight, you know? My opinion on yeah. that. And I want to wonder, I'm mm -hmm. wondering what your opinion on this. Most people say find the seller first. Mm -hmm. I say find the buyer first. What have you done? in your business? We've always found the seller, but every single house that we have marketed, um, we keep a buyer's list. And so just, you know, the next property that we get, we just put it out to that buyer's list, yeah. you know? So, you know, I think that constant marketing efforts have to happen on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Cause if totally. you're going to be finding a crap ton of investment properties, mm -hmm. then it's, it's equivalent. It's equivalently important to also find a crap ton of people who are willing to buy properties. Like For sure. This. Sure. And, you know, I think that a lot of people, when they get started in this business, they go straight after the sellers. Yeah. I teach the opposite. Okay. I actually teach to go after the investors first because mm -hmm. how are you supposed to know what you're going to purchase or what you're going to put under contract right. when you don't have some type of criteria? Because most people That's get into wholesale and you don't know jack shit. Right. If right. a buyer tells me that this is what he's looking for and mm -hmm. this isn't brokering without a license, mm -hmm. I'm not offering to work for this gentleman. I'm not making right. any representation mm -hmm. of him. For sure. It is not illegal for me to say, Ashley. What is your buying criteria? Right. You what can is ask your buying that. criteria? Just while I'm, while we're at that real quick. Um, Typically three bed, two bath. I mean, in a good neighborhood, but I don't even want to limit it to that because like we're flipping a house right now that's in a cute little area called Frenchtown. It's a two bed, one bath. Wow. I mean, and it was like there was squatters in there. I don't even know what was going on there. There's stuff on the walls that like. I don't know what it is. It's Did disgusting. you guys start wholesaling first or flipping first? Wholesaling. Wholesaling and lease options. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what we started with. How many lease options have you facilitated? Um, I probably only in between like five and ten. That's insane. I mean, th but they've been like long-term things, And they give you, you passive know? income every yeah. month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. When did you, when did the idea to flip a property come into play? Well, so we had one that was a subject to, and we had had that for a couple of years and that owner ended up going bankrupt and that put us into a whirlwind because we were going to like do a light flip, just like a cosmetic, like paint the cabinets in the kitchen, put on new countertops, you know, paint the vanities. We weren't going to take and rip anything out. It was just like kind of cosmetic. And while we were doing that, um, and going to put it on the market, he went into bankruptcy. So we had to work with the bankruptcy attorneys on how to like get our investment back. I think we made maybe like two to three thousand dollars on that. That sucked. And then, but we were like, no, we could definitely flip and make some money. I mean, you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. But my, we had cash flowed on that quite a bit. Like the tenant buyers that we had in that before we decided to flip it after they moved out. I mean, they paid us ten thousand dollars down, and then we cash flowed a couple hundred dollars every single month. And then they wanted to move to Florida, and we're like, sorry, that ten thousand dollars non refundable. So. I think a lot of people don't understand how lease options work. Can you kind of give a small breakdown on that? So um, what we have done is basically we would market to people who are absentee owners or they have another house somewhere else and they can't quite afford the property that they moved out of or whatever it may be. So we take over the property via paperwork. We agree to an amount that we're going to pay them whenever all is said and done. Usually our contract runs for five years and we agree to a monthly amount that we're going to pay them. And once we do that, we have like, I think it's a 60 to 90 day grace period of where we get to turn around and market to a tenant buyer And then we place a tenant buyer in there. And so what we do is we agree with the tenant buyer at a future future time, they're going to buy that house. So let's say that we're under contract with the seller to pay them $200,000. Well, with the tenant buyer, I'm going to put them in there at two fifty dollars because they're going to maybe buy it in two to three years. And of course, it's going to appreciate in value. And so they'll be getting a house for that amount. So okay. if I agree with them at $250,000, I say, you need to give me $10,000 down, then that $10,000 goes towards their purchase price. So whenever they go to qualify, they're going to pay two hundred and forty dollars in the loan that they get. And then that will then cash out the, you know, the seller. And then I'm going to make that $40,000 on the in-between. Beautiful business model. It is a beautiful business model. I love yeah. those. What's I the most that you've made on one lease option? Um, I guess all together, you know, oh, the man. upfront money and then the passive. And then also when Probably the around like happened. 30 grand, that's still yeah. great. You know, and Just, these deals, yeah. I mean, well, most of them are they like retail deals or like no, I mean, what do you mean? Like putting it on the MLS? Yeah, yeah, mean? like an MLS ready deal. Oh, like that we got, that we acquired? Yeah, yeah, no, acquired. they're all from our marketing that we would put out off of the MLS. So like expired listings and, you know, uh, bandit signs and stuff like that. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Man. So that one house that had the cosmetic flip where the guy went bankrupt, that's when we were like, maybe we could get into flipping, you know? Yeah. And that was... Um, Early last year, we had come across a lead from a little old lady who such a sweetheart. Um, her husband was kind of dealing with dementia and stuff like that. And it was the most expensive house that we had ever like considered buying. And we were actually in Florida at the time, and we had previously met the lady at her house before we went to Florida. So when we're in Florida, she calls us up and is like, hey, I got an offer from this other guy. I don't really like him very much. I'd rather work with you guys. If you guys could beat his offer, um, I'd like to work with you. So he had offered her 460000 and we agreed to pay her four sixty-five. Mm. This was the biggest, scariest transaction that we had ever done. I didn't know that we would even get qualified for that. So like, I remember that day, Doug was silent because I like typed up the contract, got on the phone with my lender and was like, can we do this? And he's like, you guys can afford it. We were like, okay. So we went under contract that day. I was like, I know that this is a deal. We got it appraised and it appraised at 610. 
So we knew we were already at $150,000 more. In profit. Just in equity. In yeah. equity. Yeah. Wow. So then we um, put a lot of money into it, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, there was a lot of work that went into that one. This was last year. Um, and we ended up selling it for 880000 Dang. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was the net that you guys received on that one property? Two fifty. Two hundred and fifty grand. Mm-hmm. Time spent well, on it. Well, two forty, two fifty, right in there. Time spent, give or take. Five months. Five months. Mm-hmm. How much actual work did you put into that property? Ooh. I guess in the form of hours. I mean, we were over there for five months. I mean, but like in the evenings, um, four hours a day for five months. I don't know how much is that. What about five days a week? Yeah, yeah, something oh, like that. Five. 100 hours spent on that property. I mean, we made, we did good on that you one. You tell me that, I mean, dude, let's be honest. Most people work 80 hours every two weeks. You mm-hmm. guys did a two-week job. That was just one of our deals, yeah. That made y'all a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's huge, man. Yeah. I mean, that, like, put us on the map, honestly, last year. That made us believe, like, look at what we can do. Now if you, you can, can do, do this one, we can do this again. Yeah. That's really what I've learned so much about the real estate world is that it's a, it's a, it's 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 like a giant mountain that you're climbing and once you climb the crap out of it and you're at Mm -hmm. the top Mm -hmm. you're like holy fuck i can do this right yeah and then you're moving on to the next mountain because you're not satisfied on this little last one because you realize that there's bigger mountains oh i know yep and you know that that's the part of the journey that i love the most Mm -hmm. man what what was your biggest lesson from that flip that you learned i guess mindset wise Uh, well mindset wise was that we can do more than we thought that we were capable of that we can afford more than what we thought that we could. We've always been very frugal um, with everything that we do. I mean, I hardly buy anything. We pretty much put all of our money into investments and that property. Well, you know, I don't want to just say it's all about the money and what we could do. It was about the relationship that I created, that we created with the seller. Cause like, I'm still somewhat in contact with her. And like, I just feel like her story, which I don't want to get into the, her whole story, but she grew up in the Holocaust, didn't know her parents, parents, I think her dad was in Auschwitz. Like she never, like things were, it was just a crazy story. And I mean, her book is in the National Museum of Holocaust in what? New York stuff. Yeah. And um, she was just fascinating. So, um, and my mom has an estate sale company. And so whenever we were going to acquire that house, she also needed help with the estate sale. It was just a sweet little old lady. And she had all this stuff and she wanted to move out of state. We were able to help facilitate the estate sale, clean it out, help her get boxed up. I mean, we went over there personally just to help her. And I think that that honestly is more fulfilling, being able to help other people than just the money that goes into your bank account. I mean, that feels great. Don't get me wrong. You're like, hell yeah, I can do this. I like this money. But just being able to help people. It's, it's the best feeling It's freaking in the world. awesome. It you really know, is. I got to tell you a crazy story because I've never talked about this on a podcast before, but there was a lady that I met a long time ago mm-hmm. and uh, her name was Cleora Kirby. Okay. So this is crazy. And I didn't know this, but in the fifties, women weren't allowed to buy real estate unless they were married. They had to be yeah. married and the man had to own the real estate first. And if he passed away, the widowed wife mm-hmm. would receive the real estate. Then she could own it. But a woman couldn't just buy a house. Did you know it was like that? Like I, I kind of knew it was like that. I would not thrive in that environment. Yeah. So this lady was a rebel. So Cleora <laughs> changed her name to Cletus. And Cletus was her alias. Okay. And she dressed up like a man to buy that property. Oh, that's what's up. She changed her ID from female to male just so that she could do this. And <laughs> so she awesome. purchased that house in the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, some, you know, there's a huge civil rights thing that was going on. Black people, white people, colored folks, XYZ. There was a lot of segregation in the 50s. Mm. So 
Martin Luther King gets assassinated. She owns this piece of real estate. She lives on the east side of San Antonio, which is predominantly populated by black people. And so fucking, you know, she and the entire neighborhood put all of their names on each other's houses. So Cleora uh, Cleora Kirby owned like 15 houses on the block, a percentage of. And so when I acquired this property and I put Mm -hmm. it under contract and anybody can look this up, man, like this is 2117 Virginia Boulevard here in San Antonio, Texas. I still own that house today. There's a reason why. And, and this is what's real crazy about this, okay? When I did the title work for this property, she was just wanting 27 grand so that she can move in with her daughter, whose daughter was dying in California of cancer. Mm-hmm. Cleora was 91 years old. Her daughter was like 73, dying of cancer. Oh, man. And so she wanted to go and be with her daughter. Right, right. Um, once I got the title work back, that opened up a huge can of worms. Sure. So there was about... I don't know, some odd 80 heirs attached oh to this house. Gosh. Almost impossible to buy the crib. But, and now all these heirs that were on that title, almost all of them were dead. Okay. So I had to do all these different affidavits of heirship to oh get this gosh. lady title for this property. And it was almost impossible. There is something that you can do in Texas. It's called adverse possession, okay. which is a legal contract where I purchase the interests of an entity and then I sue. And it's called a suit to quiet title for ownership of the estate or property. Mm -hmm. If no one's paying taxes on it, if no one's added onto that house, if no one's lived in that property, I can claim ownership of this house over a specific amount of time because this law in adverse possession states that no piece of real estate within the state of Texas is to be unowned or unoccupied. So there has to be something happening there. People don't know this, but this is a loophole, right? And so my attorney says that it's a wild shot, but we can fucking do it. And so next thing you know, we go through this whole process. Three months later, we were able to negotiate me purchasing her interest because it was one in like in 80, right? Because she had ownership, but she bought it with a whole bunch of other people. When that had happened, and this is, they did it because they thought white people were going to take their real estate. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So this just clouds title. Right, right. And you need title with insurance. Yeah. Title companies didn't fully exist back then. They were called fee attorneys. This is how crazy this gets. You learn a lot about real estate. I know a lot of attorneys, so I've been yeah. studying law because mm-hmm. what we primarily do at our real estate office is help people out with curative title work. So finally, I buy this lady's house. I take what's called abstract of title. Abstract of title is when you buy a property subject to title insurance okay. and you create an abstract. So the abstract is what is uncured in that property. It's still a title. And I still am an owner. I'm just one in 80 people who own that property. Okay. So then at this point, I sued every single heir for title to the house. Okay. All of them in one giant lawsuit. This cost me about seven grand to do. Okay. I gave her a bunch of money. She went off to be with her daughter and, and, uh, I was able to facilitate this deal where I have to hold on to it. Okay. I fixed it up. I paid off the taxes. I put massive value add onto that mm-hmm. property. I've added an extra bedroom, added an extra bathroom. Okay. It took me five years to get oh title to this house. So just this year, I mm-hmm. have a court hearing in, in, in next month to finally get what's called a sheriff's deed, which is a conveyable form of title for winning the oh adverse possession lawsuit. Guess what this house is worth that I bought for 17 grand? 500 grand. Close, but around 378. Oh, wow. Grand. Okay. So it's going to be a huge fucking return. That's but awesome. I've just been renting it this whole time. That's it. You know what I'm so saying? You're cash flowing. And it's been a great That's asset. Awesome. It pays half my mortgage because I own the house outright. 
it just sucks balls not being able to pull loans on it or yeah. refinance it and just right. be stuck with all this equity. Right. But when you're a real estate investor, you you create these solutions. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if she's still alive, but I'll tell you what, man, Miss Cleora yeah. was mm-hmm. a hip lady, dude. I'm sure she was. I'd go to her house. She'd make me soul food. I never had soul food before. <laughs> she'd tell me that she used to like, she learned all these recipes from sleeping yeah. with a bunch of sailors. She was like, I was a bad girl, Quentin. <laughs> Literally, that's what she used to tell me. She's like, I, I was a bad that. girl. I was like, oh, damn. And her weave was like halfway off her ah. head. But, dude, she was awesome, man. She that was awesome. awesome. So she had a homeless dude that was living with her, too. I'm sure he took care of her, too, because she got a big well, chunk of money. So. And, okay. you know, when she went to go be with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Point of the story is sometimes <laughs> you got to get creative in a real estate oh, deal. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to put your heart on your shoulder yeah. and you got to help people, even if yeah. you feel that there's nothing that you can give to them, because that's how you get far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where it's at is helping people out. And Tell me the craziest forward. deal that you've done. Gosh, man, I feel like we've been through the ringer on some of them. Like, <laughs> so our, our second wholesale deal was this cute little duplex where there was... Um, there was a squatter in the house and we're like, okay, we'll figure that out. We had never had to evict anybody. We had just, you know, acquired the property like via paperwork, you know? And so we finally, we find a buyer cause it's in a great spot. And uh-huh. the buyer's like, well, what are we going to do with the ten- the person that's in there? I'm like, wow, now you're gonna have to figure that out. I don't know. So we're like, okay. So we finally get it to the closing table and you know, the title company is like, Hey, there's like all these liens on the property. And we're like, what do you mean? There's some liens. Like we know that the little lady, like it had to go through probate and all this stuff. So maybe it wasn't cleared up. We were like, what's going on? And so in the 80s, there was this guy in St. Louis who was illegally filing liens on all of these properties. He ended up killing himself, shooting himself in the head. What the hell? But there was all of these houses that had all these illegal liens on it. What kind of liens were they? It was like construction or whatever you oh, could put on it. Liens mechanics liens. liens. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and stuff. And so this is actually one that Christina Aguilera helped us out with to clear all of the liens and everything wow. because she had heard about this and had to like figure out how to find his death certificate and all of that stuff to get it cleared off. And so that one, we were like, what the heck? You know, it was like our second one that we had ever done. And it was just like, could we have anything else happen? And then our next one was the one where the dude... Um, uh, went bankrupt while we had had it as a subject too, and so it just felt like every transaction just about had some freaking hiccup that we had to jump through some hoop to figure it out. And so going through those couple of things like definitely helped us learn some grit and that like we can get through this and that not everything is the end of the world, even though it seems like that. And you're like, oh, you think you have all this money that's going to come your way, but then you got to figure out all this other crap to get through. I mean, just yesterday before we were um, driving to the RIA event, we were talking with one of our sellers that he has two properties and one property has a tenant in there that only pays like $300 a month and it's his main employee. And, um, he was like, I'll sell that property. This is the most profitable one. We're like, we're going to make a couple grand, five grand, something like that. It's in a great spot. And he's like, yeah, I'll sell that one, but you got to find a buyer who's willing to keep the tenant in there at $300 a month. And he's got to pay X amount of dollars, whatever. And so like we go through all these different people who are putting in offers and they're like, that tenant's got to go $300 a month. You know, we can charge $700 a month for that unit. And so we're like, crap, man, we're not gonna be able to sell this. Well, we find a freaking buyer and he checks off all of the boxes. And before, you know, we're driving, we're driving yesterday and the seller's like, we're on the phone with him and the seller's like, I'm not going to sell. He's like, oh our tenant, our tenant won't, you know, our tenant is not comfortable with this or whatever. So we're like, damn it, man, we were going to close today on it and make five grand. This is real quick. 
And so that was very frustrating. We're like, whatever. But we still have the other property that we're going to work on that yeah. he will sell. It's part so of the game, too. It is part you know? of the game. I, like, I find it. that, you know, you, you can do a whole bunch of real estate deals, but no matter how many you do, everyone's going to have its own situation. Oh, yeah. And you can either let that situation stop you from the abundance of real estate that's out there, <sighs> yeah. or you could just see past it and say, all right, this one didn't work. We're moving on to yeah. the next one. That's all that you can do. There's an ocean of real estate. Oh, my God. It's all over the place, all over the place, yes. you know? So it's yeah. like, why, why am I going to be upset about this one deal? And yeah. plus five grand, that's not something to be mad about. No, we were just like, whatever, we'll, we'll sell this other one. And then we'll circle back to him whenever he is ready to sell and ready to retire and doesn't have to deal with this employee, whatever. <laughs> so we're like, all right, it'll all work out. I mean, Honestly, it's crazy how, how far you guys have come in such a short period of time. Well, and you know, one thing I wanted to talk about on here is um, something that we decided to do last year that has enabled to buy all of these properties. And that was getting on our personal home and all in one mortgage. And honestly, you got to have this guy on your podcast. His name is Ron Bork. And he has been an excellent lender to us just with all of our properties and everything that we've done. But he teach, he taught us about an all in one mortgage. So have you ever heard of Velocity Banking? No. So Velocity Banking, um, you can YouTube it or whatever. When we bought our house, we were like, man, we've got, we have extra cash flow. We know that we want to pay more on our mortgage, but you know, with a regular mortgage, it's amortized. And so you're paying a lot of your interest up front and not getting to your principal. So we're like, how do we get to our principal? You know, how do we pay that down faster? Because we didn't want to have any debt at the time. So we start looking this up on YouTube, just how to pay off your house faster. And it was Velocity Banking. You take out a HELOC on your equity, your, a home equity line of credit, which you've probably heard of that. Of course. And then you take your HELOC and you pay, you know, let's say you can get $30,000 out. You pay that $30,000 into your equity. And then, um, and then meanwhile, you're paying your mortgage and also that HELOC, right? And then once you get your HELOC paid off, you plunk it back into your mortgage and you can pay off your mortgage a lot faster. Okay. That's so crazy. that's called velocity banking. And so from us looking at that, we learned of this guy, Ron Bork with CMG financial, and he does what's called an all in one loan. So our house, um, we bought it at 185, and whenever we had it appraised last or 2020 in 2020, it appraised at 370. Wow. So we had, you know, we could get like 80, 80% loan value, something like that. So now we have an all-in-one mortgage at like 295,000. And, but our, our balance at that time was like 150. So that all-in-one allows you to basically have that HELOC all into one account. Okay. So like whenever you log into your um, to pay your mortgage or whatever. When you look at your bank account, the way that it looks is that you have your checking account and then you have your loan account. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is like you get your paycheck or whatever money that you make and it goes into your checking account. Then it sweeps every single night all of that positive into your loan account. So you're paying your principal every single day. And the interest rate is a simple interest rate rather than an amortized rate. So you're paying your principal at a faster rate and you also have access to that equity in your house. So like I wow. can write checks, I can do whatever I need to do to acquire other properties. This has enabled us to, you know, do that flip last year, have the extra funds to be able to pay for our flip. It has just been amazing. All yeah, from just awesome. a simple YouTube search. Yes. Yes. You know, that's the thing, man, that I love so much about what you're talking about is that you're real intentional about when you want to learn about something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
Uh, I've been mentoring you for what month, two months, yeah, probably. Yeah, couple months. Yeah. And it's just been great seeing how you guys take information and apply it so quickly. Get her done. If there's any advice that I would give to anybody watching, man, like if you're in the room with somebody that's at a place that you want to be at, yeah. bro, like get next to them. Ask mm -hmm. them what it is that they do consistently, mm -hmm. and and what strategies that they're implementing because. Just a simple YouTube search, even a search on Google or a question that you could be asking to yep. the individual that you're standing next to could be the very thing that turns your business into the place that it needs to totally. go. Totally. And, you know, there was you post a lot about different books that you should read. And yeah. I'm all about reading. And the one book that I feel has like changed my life is Who Not How. I love that, that book. book like opened up my eyes because like, I've always felt like I got to have the control. I'm an A type personality. I feel like I've got to be running everything. I need to have my fingers in everything. And it was stressing me out, you know, like doing phone calls, doing contracts, you know, our CPA kind of stuff, like doing QuickBooks and stuff. I was doing all of that stuff. And I read that book and I was like, what am I doing? You know? And that was around the time that we decided to have you be our mentor. And you showed us how to have a virtual assistant do all of our cold calling. We have that now. We also have a systems manager who was pulling our leads for us and, um, you know, putting everything together for us for our cold caller. And he also does a text messaging campaign um, that's been a beautiful thing. And we also acquired or have an, uh, an acquisitions manager as well. And so like I offloaded that. I am not doing our bookkeeping anymore. I hired a badass uh, CPA who is like, she's awesome. And it's just you're like having more free time. You're delegating to elevate. I am yeah. delegating. Yes. This is crazy. So my buddy what? Amir texted me. He's like, literally this happened like an hour ago. Okay. He said, my brother just reaching out to tell you my experience with your VAs. Hats off to you. Hired two acquisitions, two dispos, and two executive administrators. The executive administration are a game changer. Dispo managers are relentless. And acquisitions, although they still haven't closed anything, are consistent with their efforts and punctual with their time. Uh -huh. One of the best decisions I've made in 2022 was hiring admins to perform all the tedious tasks I don't want to do. Giving you flowers, my friend. Outstanding company you've built. I mean, it's so true. You know, it's amazing, it's so man. Guys, for y'all that don't know, I have a virtual staffing company. We have a mm -hmm. huge business in another country of over 500 plus employees, mm -hmm. two commercial buildings. I have a call center that we converted. Downstairs is all work environment. Upstairs are our small apartments so that our VAs can come in and get the oh, that's cool. work from that. home vibe. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Our, our, we have two offices. We have one in Manila and one in Tarlac, which are two individual Tarlac? islands that are in uh, the okay. Philippines. We're on okay. national TV too, that's man. That's awesome. I know. You were talking about that last night at the event. Yeah, like it's the real Oprah cool. over there. Goals to get on national TV here now. So yeah. Maybe we might sponsor sure a Super Bowl commercial or something. Whatever. We're going to get awesome. there. It yeah, just takes will. time. You yeah. Know? And you got to fight time. for those spots, apparently. Oh, yeah. But. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you, when, when you want to start creating traction in your business, it's one thing for you to do everything. It's another thing for you to start really unloading some of those responsibilities for other people mm -hmm. and then creating processes and stream and systems that streamline the fuck out of it. So yes. you're not a slave to your own business. Too many people, especially gurus in this space, you know, they tell you to like do all these different things, but everybody teaching you how to be an operator when you should learn how to be an owner. Yes. Because an operator is somebody who's in the weeds. Uh, an owner is somebody who oversees the plantation. Mm -hmm. 
two entirely different things. Totally different. But I think that there is something to be said about whenever you're first getting started to learn the different aspects of the business so you know what the heck you're doing. That so is then true too. whenever you are hiring somebody, you can tell them exactly what you want and you know what you want because you've been through all of the, the ups and the downs of the business. And so, man, I am thankful for those VAs. They're working right now. They're cold calling right now. <laughs> While it's you're awesome. on this podcast. Exactly. It's a that beautiful thing. Right there, it's man. totally beautiful. And I thank you for that, man. Oh, I it's appreciate awesome. that. Ashley. Well, what do you got going on that's that's coming up here in the next couple of months? Like, what is what the plan? What is going on a couple of months? Well, I definitely want to get into commercial real estate. So I've been having our VAs look into um, storage units and getting a hold of those owners and stuff. I definitely want to get into that world. Um, I mean, I don't really have any events planned or anything, but I do know that I want to get into the coaching space because I have people coming out of the woodworks asking me questions. How are you doing this? How is this working? Even with the Amazon stores that we have with you, I post like one or two little things about the profits that we're making each month. And people are like, how do I do this? So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I have something to share you do. in the world, you know, that I could help people grow. I want to see that too. You, you know? guys watch out for Ashley, man. Cause she's going to be coming out with some crazy stuff. hundred percent. Yes. I, I'd be damned if she doesn't speak on stage in front of a few thousand people one day. It's going to happen. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. Like doing this today, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I commend you for yes. it. It's not hard. It's not easy. My first podcast I was ever on, look it up on YouTube. It's called okay. today's investor. I'm sweating. Really? I'm literally sweating. Like my whole head is drenched <laughs> in sweat. I have no idea. And you know, the lights that they had weren't led lights. So I I was okay. really sweating because it was yeah. actually hot, but also because <laughs> I was roasted. nervous. You yeah, know? I mean, I had never nervous. been on the spotlight before like mm-hmm. that. So I, you're you're natural. I can't oh. even tell. Well, Anybody listening to this on any platform can agree with me, man. Well, I appreciate that. I know you've done this before. You gotta I've, at least have done this before. No, not really. I just have <laughs> conversations, but nothing like this. So you're I a natural, Ashley. Thanks, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. you being on this podcast, Thank guys. You. Where can the people listening right now follow you? Well, on Instagram, I'm uh, flipping Ash. It's F L. I-P-P-E-N underscore Ash. Um, and we're going to actually be creating YouTube and, and Reels and all of that stuff. And I'm going to be working with Q on that. So just keep a lookout. Yeah, guys, make sure you all click all the links in the description of this video. And uh, thank you so much for being a part Thanks of the show. All right. Yeah, we'll see you all in the next one. Let's get Bye, it. Guys. I want to check. Check.